So we're starting today with one of the uh, biggest stories of the weekend and one that has led to all sorts of different conspiracy theorizing, even involving, yes, the new owner of Twitter, Elon Musk. And we will get to that. But let's start with what took place, a horrible home invasion involving a hammer attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, in their San Francisco home. This was a Trumpist anti-vax anti-Semite. There is no doubt about it, no matter how much the right immediately said, we don't know anything about the politics of this guy. And then when it became clear that it was one of these conspiracy right wingers, that they must be lies or the entire thing was staged or whatever the case may be. So let's talk it through step by step. The accused Pelosi attacker spread QAnon and other far right bigoted conspiracies. This is an individual who broke into Nancy Pelosi's house was reportedly yelling, where's Nancy? Ultimately, in the middle of the night, attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer, requiring him to go into emergency surgery, a horrible, horrible situation. And the individual, uh, as is written about by the L.A. Times in some detail, was in the world of far right conspiracies, anti-Semitism, hate and more. In a personal blog that he maintained, he included topics like the hollow hoax, a term used by Holocaust deniers. He wrote about it's okay to be white. He mentioned the far right message board 4chan. He posted conspiracies about covid vaccines and even the war in Ukraine being a ploy for Jewish people to buy land. This is all extensively documented by the L.A. Times. He included posts about QAnon. He uh, wrote that either Q is Trump himself or Q is the deep state moles within Trump's circle. Uh, The daughter of the individual told The Times her father wrote this stuff. She said they were reeling from the news that he had been the guy arrested in connection with the attack on Paul Pelosi. The motive has not been officially revealed, but it has now been learned in addition to the fact that the guy was walking around yelling, where is Nancy? Where is Nancy? It appears very clear that he was targeting Nancy Pelosi. There is another article from CBS News suspect in Paul Pelosi attack had list of targets. Law enforcement sources say Um, they have not gone, gone so far as to call it a hit list, but authorities believe the suspect may have been planning to target others. Arraignment is expected tomorrow. Authorities are taking their time filing federal charges because he is indeed in custody. Um, The suspect planned to keep Paul Pelosi tied up until Nancy Pelosi got home. It is not a random act, as is being reported. Nancy Pelosi was in Washington, D.C. at the time. The alleged attacker was in the House when Paul Pelosi was able to dial 911 and police were indeed dispatched. The suspect was apprehended, will be charged with attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, burglary and many additional felonies. So what the fundamental thing to understand here, and this is, you know, it's when when something like this happens, you will often see the side. I don't even want to say that when attackers in these circumstances are right wingers, you will often see right wingers come out and sort of condemn all violence generically. And the problem with that is that it ignores that there has been a concerted effort here 
by the right to dismiss and normalize and sometimes even encourage violence. You know, the culture of violence promoted by Donald Trump, encouraging people to rough up protesters at rallies dating back five, six years, saying he'll cover the legal fees of those who beat up protesters at rallies, violent rhetoric of, you know, knock them out, knock them around, this type of thing, not ever truly denouncing violence that is uniquely right wing. You know, the vague condemnations of listen, I'm against violence. And also the January 6 protesters were completely right to be there and protesting because the election was stolen from them. You're not really discouraging violence when you do that. So all of those different things play a role in this. And when you see the normalization of violence from everybody, from Steve Bannon recently saying Fauci and his family are going to be hunted to even candidates, even Marjorie Taylor Greene is uh, uh, on audiovisual recording talking about going after Nancy Pelosi. This is exactly what happens. This is the stochastic terrorism that I've been talking to you about for so, so long. Trump has four rallies coming up. I believe it's Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday or something like that leading up to the election. Does Trump defend this guy or does he at least minimize what this guy did to some degree? Or does he play into the conspiracy theories that we're starting to see about? I think it's about a 50 50 shot. And the maggots have been threatening Nancy Pelosi for so long um, uh, to, to, to some degree uh, saying that it is logical that something like this would happen because of all of the horrible communist things that Nancy Pelosi has done, which she hasn't, by the way. And you end up with this attacker who is a Trump supporter, watched him pool, read Ben Shapiro, liked what Kanye was saying about the Jews, subscribes to QAnon and on and on and on. This is expected. This is what I and others have been sounding the alarm about for so long. And how does how does Fox News and right wing media react? A combination of depravity and conspiracy theories. Let's talk about that next. After a right wing anti-Semitic anti-vax QAnon Trump is nut broke into Nancy Pelosi's house and hit her husband over the head with a hammer. Fox News uh, anchor Jesse Waters said, listen, a lot of people get hit with hammers. And if they hadn't defunded the police in San Francisco, which didn't happen, maybe this wouldn't have taken place. It's unbelievable, but this is what they're going with. Take a listen to this. What I want is that I want this alleged perpetrator to be treated the exact same way if he had treated if he had attacked anybody else, because a lot of people get hit with hammers. What? A lot of people get attacked. And a lot of the times they're out on bail the next day and it's a simple assault charge. So I don't know why this guy is being treated differently. And he's facing what? Attempted homicide. He's in prison right now. We've seen people assault people all the time randomly with all kinds of weapons. And we see them released the next day. Not not super tough on crime when it's Trumpist rioters on January 6th or a middle of the night home invasion. These are the types of home invasions that the right loves to say. This is when you just shoot them with your self-defense gun. They, they love talking about home invasions. And yet now he's like, well, it, the guy's actually being treated potentially too harshly, too harshly. Usually you say these people can be shot. I don't know why this guy's getting all of a sudden special treatment or different treatment because mm. the. The victim was so high profile. Remember, if you call on a welfare check, the left wants to send a social worker. What if a social worker had come to this call? 
You would have had a dead husband and you would have had a dead social worker. Yeah, I have not seen nor have I suggested that social workers be sent out to middle of the night home invasions where they're targeted attacks. I I have never said that. I've not heard people on the left said that say that I have heard, hey, you know, if you have a homeless person where police are called because they're sleeping on a business stoop, maybe then you send a social worker. Maybe if you have, you know, some kind of minor drug situation. But anyway, they, they have to they have no choice but to put up these straw men in order to tear them down. Now, you have to hand it to them. On the one hand, they spent a week when the Fox News Christmas tree was vandalized. No victims, no individual victims. And a week they spent on that. And now it's listen, a lot of people get hit with hammers. A lot of people get hit with hammers. It is truly unbelievable. And then also saying this is because of the defunding of police. There has been almost no defunding of police anywhere in the country. And the police department budget in San Francisco is up more than four percent since 2019. Waters and others love to say they've defunded the police. That's why this is happening. But they've not defunded the police and it has nothing to do with it. It actually the hammers thing reminds me of the good liars. Remember our friends, the good liars went to the NRA convention and this this guy they talked to tried to talk about hammers and it went south very quickly. More people and more crime is committed and more people are killed with hammers every year than guns. Look at the facts. I will look that up. I don't think that's true, actually. That is true. In the United States, though? Yes, sir. That is true. Look it up. It's on. You can Google it. It's true. It's actually true. So the number of murder victims and the weapons used. Okay, number one, handguns, 8,029. Number two, firearms, type not stated, 4,863. Number three, knives or cutting instruments, personal weapons, Fists, feet, uh, then rifles at 455, then blunt objects, clubs, hammers, uh, 393. The, the, the 300, the hammers, that, that stat is just back, wrong. Back to your question. Second Amendment is still my right and it's still important to me. Yeah, everything I said was wrong about the hammers, but I still want my guns. And then one more clip here. Check out how Fox News covers the attack and manages to completely omit the entire political backstory of the individual, the fact that he's a MAGA nut, QAnon, anti-Semite, Kanye loving. Now, police have not stated a motive for this attack. The suspect in this case, De Pepe, is reportedly from the Bay Area, from Berkeley. Fox Digital reports that this suspect has ties to a radical nudist activist and has a disturbing (laughs) online presence that involves The, the online presence is disturbing posts about pedophiles, Big Brother censorship and anti-Semitic content. And lawmakers on both sides of the aisle swiftly condemned this attack on Pelosi yesterday. Former Vice President Mike Pence says this suspect should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Now, yeah, what a completely anodyne way to stay. Listen, this is a radical and everybody condemned it. Like, hold on a second. The right wingers generically condemn it while completely ignoring the basis politically for what this guy did and what his beliefs were. And it is, of course, deliberate that they are doing that. So not an altogether shocking response from the right. Let's go to one more little chapter on this related to the new Twitter owner, Elon Musk. In response to the home invasion attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, 
Elon Musk, fresh off of buying Twitter, tweeted a bonkers conspiracy theory from the Santa Monica Observer, a paper, a publication which previously reported that Hillary Clinton died before the 2016 election and a body double was debating Donald Trump. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted such a conspiracy theory uh, that claims or suggests that the home invader was actually Paul Pelosi's gay lover, completely baseless, and ultimately deleted that. This is the owner of Twitter that did this article about this on CBS News. Elon Musk tweets and deletes link to article pushing unfounded conspiracy theory about Paul Pelosi attack. And it reads Elon Musk Sunday tweeted and deleted a link to an article pushing an unfounded conspiracy theory about the attack on Paul Pelosi. The tweet from Musk, who now owns Twitter, raised concerns about the type of content that will be allowed on social me on the social media site under his control. Yeah, that's an understatement. In a since deleted tweet responding to Hillary Clinton, Musk wrote, there is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye with a link to a story from the right wing website, Santa Monica Observer, a site that has pushed anti LGBT conspiracy theory regarding the attack, according to an archived version of the story. The outlet previously made false claims, including that Hillary Clinton died on 9-11 and was replaced by a lookalike. Um, you can still find an archive of the story that was posted. And um, the story says it doesn't add up. People on social media are questioning the attack on Paul Pelosi. And it says, you know, San Francisco's gay bars close at 2 a.m. And what happened was the bars closed. Paul Pelosi went home with his lover and it was a lover's quarrel, a lover's quarrel. Now, Ben Collins on MSNBC explains how this entire thing got going. And it really is instructive in terms of how this nonsense starts with a spark and very quickly becomes a fire that is difficult to put out. First of all, lies on the Internet move faster than the truth. And that's in part why there are all these safeguards that Elon Musk is trying to take down on Twitter right now. Um, The lies that were pushed were from bad pieces of information they found. For example, they said that uh, Paul Pelosi was uh, in his underwear. Of course, he was two thirty in the morning at the time he was attacked. That led them to believe this was a lover's quarrel between two different people that knew each other. The reason they believe they knew each other is because the police put out a statement saying that they didn't really know who opened the door. So that led them to believe there was a third person in the house. Mm -hmm. So from there, there was this world building on the pro-Trump Internet. What could be the opposite of reality here? And the opposite of reality they came up with was these two people were having a lover's quarrel in a house and the police sort of intruded on us. It's fundamentally incorrect. It was pushed by the richest man in the world. And then yesterday it was pushed by Donald Trump Jr., who posted a picture of underwear and a hammer and said it's a Halloween costume for Paul Pelosi. If we don't cut this out right now, not just the normalization of violence, but the idea that reality can't even exist anymore because it cannot catch up to the lies on the Internet. I'm not a scholar on authoritarian history. But I've, let, I've read Hannah Arendt. I've read all of these people. Mm-hmm. This is how it gets really bad. This is the start of something that gets really, really bad. Yeah. And Ben Collins is, of course, completely correct. And the added layer to it now is forget about whether Elon Musk is going to properly moderate at Twitter the dissemination of outrageous disinformation. He's participating in spreading it, which is a new dystopian layer altogether. 
Let me know what you think. Find me on Twitter. And remember, if you are watching our content on YouTube and you are not subscribed, what on earth are you thinking? No, in all seriousness, our YouTube channel is on its way to two million subscribers. We found out that there are millions of YouTube viewers who watch our content every month and don't subscribe. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. Scribe. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. It does so much for us. It is the most important indicator to YouTube. Hey, should we recommend David Pakman's content or not? So speaking specifically to those of you who watch the clips, but that subscribe button is enabled because you're not currently subscribed. Do us a favor and hit that button. We'll be at two million subscribers before you know it. We will take a quick break and be back right after this. One of the best things about being an independent show is that I can pick advertising partners that share our values and our sponsor, Sunset Lake CBD, grows the highest quality CBD you can find anywhere. And it's an awesome company. It's a hemp farm outside Burlington, Vermont. I love Burlington that uses sustainable farming practices and is majority owned by its employees. Last year, Sunset Lake CBD donated over $60,000 to drug decriminalization, animal shelters, public radio stations, union strike funds, nature conservation, food shelves and refugee resettlement organizations. I really enjoy Sunset Lakes CBD coffee, which uses Rainforest Alliance coffee beans. Producer Pat takes the Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. Sunset Lake CBD also has oils, flour, topicals, you name it. A ton of people report CBD being helpful for things like insomnia or stress, sometimes pain. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman for 20% off your entire order. If you've been thinking about trying CBD, get it from a socially responsible company. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and promo code Pacman gets you 20% off everything. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Allform, the easiest way to design your own custom sofa. I have one from Allform. Unlike other companies, Allform lets you choose the fabric, the size, the shape, color, even the color of the legs. 
I have not one but two all form sofas. I've had them for years. They look good as new. Definitely the most comfortable furniture I own. And it gets even cooler because all form sofas are completely modular. You can buy a sofa and if you move, you can adapt it to the new space by adding on to it or rearranging its elements. That is definitely not something you get from your typical sofa company. All form has everything from eight piece sectionals to love seats and armchairs. Everything is made in the USA using premium materials. All form makes sure that assembly is really easy. I didn't even need any tools, which is good because I have very few tools and you can keep the sofa for over three months and send it back free if you don't like it for a full refund right now. All form is giving my audience 20% off all orders at allform.com slash Pacman. That's A L L F O R M.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Remember that the David Pacman show is a viewer and listener supported program. We do an extra show every single day for our members called the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. But everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Consider yourselves invited to sign up at joinpacman.com. Would love to have you. Uh, you can use the coupon code Big Voting 22 through Election Day. Then that coupon code goes away. Big Voting 22 to get yourself a discount. Brazil is going left. Lunatic President Jair Bolsonaro has lost in a relatively close race to left wing Lula, who is returning to the presidency in Brazil. It is a major internet international political story. We're going to talk about all of it. Uh, the Guardian reporting Lula triumphs over far right incumbent Bolsonaro in stunning comeback. Remember that this was the runoff election because uh, no candidate got 50 percent in the initial election. It was scheduled for October 30th. Indeed, it took place. Not surprisingly, many on the American right, Steve Bannon and others already starting to say it was rigged. It was rigged. It was rigged. We've seen this story before. It's the same story, but in Portuguese. We are not going to fall for it. Uh, the Guardian reporting uh, Lula stages astonishing comeback. Brazil's former leftist president Lula has sealed an astonishing political comeback, beating the far right incumbent Jair Bolsonaro in one of the most significant and bruising elections in the country's history. With 99 percent of the votes counted, Silva, a former uh, Silva, Lula da Silva, right? Lula. A former factory worker who became Brazil's first working class president 20 years ago secured 50.8 percent of the vote. And in, indeed, the results now have been further counted to 100 percent. The results are Lula 50.9 percent and Jair Bolsonaro 49.1 percent. Um, many right wingers focusing on the 5.7 million invalid or null votes to say, no, it was stolen from Bolsonaro. Uh, we will have a deeper dive into those numbers uh, maybe tomorrow or the day after. Now, I know that many of you are going to write in and say, David, it's hard to imagine, given your skepticism of corrupt left wing Latin American leaders, that you would be a big fan of Lula. Now, I think it's important to say Many people don't consider Brazil part of Latin America. This is a different conversation, not for today. But to the extent that we are talking about South America, uh, it is true. I'm not even a fan of Lula, 
but it is, of course, way better than Bolsonaro. Now, here, let's talk about this. And by the way, let me just put out there right now. The people who love to write in or post on Reddit, David Pakman is a uh, the, the, the son of rich Argentinians who supported the military dictatorship. And that's why they left with money from Argentina. That that's the opposite story. OK, my, my parents were and are left wing Argentinians. We lost folks we knew during the military dictatorship. We left to get away from the right wing insanity and the destruction of the economy, not with its support. So to anytime you see comments like that about me, you should ask, what evidence do you have to support that? So that's not the reason for my skepticism of folks like Lula. Now, remember, I'm going to say it again. Were I choosing between Bolsonaro and Lula, I would, of course, vote for Lula. But what are the reasons I'm not the biggest fan of Lula? Well, it's a very similar package to other self-serving South American, Central American, Latin American left wing leaders. Uh, we've seen the, the 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 routine in Argentina. We've certainly seen the routine in Venezuela, plagued with corruption scandals, charged in multiple of these affairs. You can uh, just to pick one. I mean, there's like a dozen of these. Check out the Mensalao scandal. This was a major parliamentary vote buying scandal by Lula's original administration. Um, he gave in to the horrible Venezuela style calls to have government controlling media. In 2004, Lula pushed for the creation of the Federal Council of Journalists, as well as a national cinema agency. This is this is when these left wing leaders do the Venezuela stuff. We've seen it to some degree in Argentina as well. I'm anti authoritarian, so I can't support that stuff. Operation Car Wash, where Lula was accused of influence peddling and lobbied for government contracts for specific foreign uh, specific companies in foreign countries. This would be like Trump or Biden going to Germany and saying, listen, I would really like for you to hire Exxon in your country. It's overt corruption. We would denounce it wholeheartedly. I would anyway, as a progressive, no matter who did it. Uh, He persuaded the Brazilian Development Bank to finance specific projects in Ghana and Angola and Cuba and the Dominican Republic. This is corruption. This is cronyism. This is the stuff we hate. I could give you the full list. There's like seven, eight different scandals here. And Lula, along with his former chief of staff, Gilberto Carvalho and five others were indicted in a corruption probe as part of Operation Zelotes which uh, involved the payment of bribes. So sadly, Central, South and Latin America have been plagued with these corrupt left wing leaders. And the sad thing is that you end up with all kind of bad choices. Look at Argentina when it was, you know, more Cristina or right wing Macri. These are not good choices. And the entire continent has been plagued with it. Would I support Lula over Bolsonaro? Yes, I would. Uh, but uh, the idea that this is some kind of panacea, very much not the case. Joe Rogan and Dr. Phil have been spreading the fake news story of fentanyl candy. It is Halloween, so it seems like an appropriate day to do the story. This is one that has become very popular. Donald Trump has been spreading it at his rallies. Others have been repeating it. 
drug dealers are going to poison and kill your kids by disguising fentanyl as candy. Sadly, uh, it is not true, uh, but it is still being repeated. Take a look at this. Those pills look exactly like the pills that you get at the pharmacy. And what they're doing now, Joe, is they're putting them in these pastel colors. Uh, and I think I sent you some of those, Jamie, uh, in the pastel colors. They're making them look like these candies that the kids yeah. get. Um, and kids are going to see these things around and pick them up and think they're like sweet tarts or, or whatever and bite into them. Um, if, if I was a parent, I would go to the store and buy every kind of candy I could find. And as soon as my kids came home from trick-or-treating, I would take their pumpkin and dump it into the trash and then fill it back up with candy I knew was good and hand it back to them. I wouldn't let them take a single piece of candy from trick-or-treating because you don't know what's in there. That was always the fear, right? When we were kids, is hey, that someone's going to sneak in. A we thought there'd be a razor blade, blade in an apple, apple or something. Or something. Yeah. I saw this going around, but I heard a lot of people pushing back at the couple of days after this. Yeah. Was Jamie rightly suspects that this may not be a, a real story. Made major headlines because they were showing. Say no. Who's the expert? I don't. I'm just. It, there was a lot of uh, hubbub about this viral picture because this went out. The DA was talking about it, but then I read there was like no evidence that this was real exactly was what, that's what i read well let's scroll down and see what they say in terms of looks like candy dea administrator alan or ann uh milgram told cbs news in fact some of the drug traffickers have nicknamed it sweet tarts skittles the dea alert didn't mention halloween but fears about rainbow fentanyl and the holiday went viral DEA warning meets skepticism from drug experts. Drug policy experts contacted by NPR agree there's no new fentanyl threat this Halloween. <laughs> Many are also skeptical of the DEA's original warning. Right. They don't believe that Mexican drug cartels and street dealers have launched any new campaign targeting children. I don't see any evidence that the DEA has produced that supports that conjecture. I don't think they're targeting children. I think the fact that they are making these things in pastel colors yeah. make children vulnerable to. But Dr. Phil, you just said they're going to hand these out at Halloween and you've got to swap your kids candy. Picking these things up. Yeah. It, it, you you want to argue over the, the word targeting? Well, there's a lot implicit in that word. If a child picks up something. Where? How? That. You know, I, on the floor, drug dealers are going to leave fentanyl on the on the ground. I said that young girl that I was talking about took three quarters of a pill or mm. one quarter of a pill and three quarters of it was left in her drawer. Yeah. If she has a, a, a younger sister. Right. A very specific hypothetical. So let's break this down. Why do right wingers love this story? It's a way to attack Joe Biden. That's the, that's the origin of this story. And you might say, David, how on earth does fentanyl candy serve as a way to attack Joe Biden? Here's how they do it. There's fentanyl and candy, which came in through the border, which was opened by Joe Biden. So fentanyl candy is Biden's fault, and he hates kids who are going to be poisoned by fentanyl, as they pronounce it, uh, which is um, uh, part of how he doesn't care about kids. Now, you would think that Rogan would realize this is the exact same thing as with the cannabis edibles. There was a time, as we saw more states legalize cannabis uh, recreationally, where people said, you know, a lot of these edibles just look like a chocolate bar. It's very, very dangerous. Kids aren't going to know. 
They're just going to say, hey, chocolate, this is good. Next thing you know, they'll be high as a kite. I'm guessing Rogan rejected that then because it made no sense. But he is not really applying the same skepticism here, although good for him for at least looking up an article. First of all, this doesn't pass the sniff test. The idea that drug dealers would just dish out free drugs, either as a goof during trick or treating uh, or just would leave drugs around when the whole point is to sell the drugs for money doesn't make any sense. Drug dealers want to make money. There's no financial benefit to dishing out fentanyl laced candy to children, which might kill them. What how are you making money from that? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Now, if you do some Googling, you will find some stories of drug dealers using candy packaging and putting drugs in there and you can get a resealing machine to make it look like the Skittles package or whatever was never opened. But they're they're not doing this to then hand out at Halloween. They're just trying to do this to get it through the border or authorities or whatever, where police would see it and say, oh, it just looks like a package of Skittles. Is it hypothetically, theoretically possible that your Skittle bag that has actually been emptied and refilled with some kind of drug and then sealed, it could be misplaced and end up in the hands of a kid? Sure, that's theoretically possible. That's not new. I hate to break it to you, but if you Google what do ecstasy pills look like, MDMA, for decades they have looked like candy. They've got heart shaped ones and they've got this, that, the other. It, it is not new and it is not a real thing that kids are just going, ooh, sweet tarts, put them in my mouth. It's a fake story. And understand that the origin is to criticize Biden about the border. We'll have the clip I played on our Instagram, which you can find at David Pakman show. You already know that you need a VPN to protect your privacy from your Internet provider, from tech platforms, from hackers. And you've seen a ton of ads for different VPNs. They seem similar. Which one do you choose? There's really one thing I look at. Can it be independently verified that the VPN isn't logging your activity. That's why when we were looking for a VPN sponsor, we reached out to private Internet access because private Internet access is the only VPN with a no log policy that has been proven in court, not once, but multiple times. Their VPN is 100 percent open source. The code is public. Their server networks and management systems are independently audited by Deloitte to verify there is no logging with their new next gen server setup. It's also one of the only VPNs fast enough for streaming and other activities. My audience gets private Internet access for 82 percent off. That's just two dollars and 11 cents a month plus three months free. Go to piavpncom slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman show's longest running sponsor is Blinkist, the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils each of them down into an explainer you can read or listen to in 15 minutes. Blinkist also condenses episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. I've been using Blinkist for years to supplement the books I read. I love reading. I, I read all the time. But there's even more books I don't have time to read. And you can often find those nonfiction books on Blinkist and consume the entire thing in 15 minutes. 
My favorite new feature on the app is Blinkist Connect, which lets you share your Blinkist premium account with someone else. You basically get two accounts for the price of one, and then you can also share Blinkist books and podcasts between users. I have a joint Blinkist premium account with my girlfriend. Blinkist Connect lets us sync together what books and podcasts we're listening to on Blinkist. Sparks many interesting discussions. We just listened to Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power, the new version. Robert Greene, super interesting writer, find his books fascinating. You can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25% off a premium subscription at Blinkist.com slash David Pakman. That's B L I N K I S T dot com slash David Pakman to get Blinkist free for seven days and 25% off a subscription. The link is in the podcast notes. Former President Barack Obama was out campaigning for a number of different 2022 candidates. He was in Georgia. He was in Michigan. He was elsewhere as well, I believe. And I have to tell you that it was extraordinarily refreshing. Now, I know some of you will say, oh, but David, you neoliberal liberal shill Barack Obama used drone warfare and I would be with you 100 percent. And I was critical of that when it was going on. But generally speaking, Barack Obama made clear that there is one party right now that believes in democracy, period, no matter what the outcome is, whereas the other party, the Republican Party sort of believes in it if they win. But if not, then they believe in something very different than democracy. He spoke passionately. He absolutely crushed all of the Republicans uh, uh, that were running in those states. And I don't want to waste any time. Let's get right into the first clip. Here is Barack Obama on Social Security. This was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, campaigning against Ron Johnson for Mandela Barnes, a very important race. Some of you here are on Social Security. Some of your parents are on Social Security. Some of your grandparents are on Social Security. You know why they have Social Security? Because they worked for it. They worked hard jobs for it. They have chapped hands for it. They had long hours and sore backs and bad knees to get that Social Security. And if Ron Johnson does not understand that, if he understands giving tax breaks for private planes more than he understands making sure that seniors who've worked all their lives are able to retire with dignity and respect. He's not the person who's thinking about you and knows you and sees you, and he should not be your senator from Wisconsin. Every single one of this weekend's speeches was this level of energy and also this accurate about what it is that these Republicans want to do. Here's another brilliant one from Detroit, Michigan. The other day, I, I did not realize this. I did not. I read about this. Somebody had to show it to me. The other day, a video came out of Governor Whitmer's opponent claiming that Democrats have been working for decades to topple the United States because they're still upset about losing the Civil War. <laughs> and that COVID restrictions were part of some master plan to do this. Now, first of all, what? 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 I mean, I know some folks go down these rabbit holes on the internet. They're up too late. 
But that, that's like a subway tunnel. That, that's, that's deep. And that is indeed the way it works. They go down absolutely bonkers conspiracy theories. Now, then he was also in Georgia in support of Raphael Warnock against Herschel Walker, where, by the way, the polling is looking increasingly disastrous for Raphael Warnock. But we'll cover that uh, momentarily. Uh, And Barack Obama making the case. Herschel Walker, fine football player, but senator, that doesn't make any sense. Some of you may not remember, but Herschel Walker was a heck of a football player. I mean, I, I mean, some of you are, are too young to remember, but in college, he was amazing. One of the best running backs of all time. But, but, but here's the question. Does that make him the best person to represent you in the USA? Does that make him equipped to weigh in on the critical decisions about our economy and our foreign policy and our future? That, Let's do a thought experiment. Let's say you're at the airport and you see Mr. Walker and you say, hey, there's Herschel Walker, Heisman winner. Let's have him fly the plane. You probably wouldn't say that. No, you would not. And indeed, saying that he should be one of 100 members of the Senate making such important decisions is insanity. And sadly, that's what's going on. Barack Obama making the point that House Republicans are ready and willing to impeach Joe Biden. They don't even really know why. On record, if they get control of Congress, they will spend the next two years investigating President Biden and their political opponents. That's all they want to do. They see it as payback. And some, some of them have said they, 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 they're, they've already got prepared that they're going to impeach uh, Biden. They're not sure what for. <laughs> but apparently that's beside the point. And you're laughing, except they've actually said that. They have literally said, we're not sure what the theory is, but we're going to come up with one. In fact, there's an incredible clip from I believe it was a New Hampshire debate, which I played for you, where they were going around saying, what would you impeach Joe Biden for? And everybody agreed they should impeach Biden other than one candidate. But they disagreed as to why they should impeach him. And they have absolutely no idea in reality. Uh, Barack Obama also making the point that no matter what's going on out there, even an asteroid heading towards Earth, they want tax cuts for the rich. And they do. The Republicans are having a field day running ads talking about it. But what is their actual solution to it? Well, no, I'll tell you. They want to gut Social Security and Medicare and then give some more tax breaks to the wealthy. And the reason the reason I know that's their agenda is, listen, that's their answer to everything. When inflation is low, what do you want to do? Cut taxes. When unemployment's high, what do you want? Let's cut taxes on the wealthy. That's going to solve that. I I was joking down in Georgia. If there was an asteroid headed towards Earth, it's going to land in in like two weeks. If you went in the Republican caucus and you said, what do you want to do? Well, we need a tax break for the wealthy. That's going to help. 
I don't even know that he is exaggerating. I think if there were such an asteroid, Republicans would say, well, let's, I guess, do something about the asteroid. But let's remember, once we survive the asteroid, we need to encourage business growth. And the way to do that is give a tax cut to the rich. I don't think it's an exaggeration whatsoever. Uh, Barack Obama accurately pointing out that there are two obsessions for Republicans right now, owning the libs and getting Donald Trump's approval. This hasn't always been a partisan thing. My favorite president was a guy from my home state of Illinois named Abe Lincoln, helped found the Republican Party. It used to be that there were GOP members who championed progress and civil rights and rule of law. Folks who, who were with me in the 2008 election, you remember, yeah. we, we, we talked about bringing people together and, and, and spoke to all people, regardless of party, about how we could move the country forward. So, so that's my instinct. I, 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 I'm not somebody who believes that all uh, that, that some party label defines us. But I, but I, I have to speak the truth, which is these days, just about every Republican politician seems obsessed with just two things: own the libs. Hey, let's own the libs. And and getting Donald Trump's approval. That's their agenda. No, no, no. Don't boo. Vote. Yeah. Um, he does warn Barack Obama does Mandela Barnes. You'd better be ready with that birth certificate, my friend. Uh, I want to say something here. I, I, I know that there's some folks, probably maybe not in this auditorium, but elsewhere in Wisconsin, who think, and I know these ads are running this way, that just because Mandela's named Mandela, <laughs> that it, just because he's a Democrat with a, with a funny name, <laughs> he must not be like you. He must not share your values. I mean, we've seen this. It, it sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? So, so Mandela, get ready to dig up that birth certificate. <laughs> get ready. Yeah, um, love him or hate him on his politics. Uh, former President Obama is very, very good at this. Now, will it be enough to turn around some of these races? I wish I could say yes. Let's take a look at some of the latest polling. If you want a single poll that confirms that America is rapidly crumbling, it is a very disturbing series of recent polls, almost all of which have Herschel Walker leading Raphael Warnock in Georgia. This is such an important race. The incumbent Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock is being challenged by former football player Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker can barely speak. He cannot coherently explain his position and the reasoning for his position on any issue. He claims to be against abortion, period, but has now been caught urging multiple women and paying for the abortions of multiple women. And if you look at recent polls from just the last week, you have Walker leading three of the four polls. 
Walker plus two, Walker plus five, Walker plus three, with Raphael Warnock up in one of those polls, New York Times, Siena. And on average, Herschel Walker is now leading this race. Imagine the humiliation it will mean to the United States if Herschel Walker is one of 100 senators. All is not yet lost. Make sure that you vote. Other races that are not looking good. The Kerry Lake race in Arizona, where lunatic, big lie, conspiracy theorist Carrie Lake, who wanted to secede from the United States at one point, although now she denies it, she is leading Katie Hobbs in all of the four latest polls, plus four, plus three, plus 11 and plus two. On average, Carrie Lake is now leading by almost four points. Carrie Lake could be the next governor of Arizona. Vance versus Ryan. J.D. Vance is now leading or is tied in every recent poll against Democratic challenger or Democratic contender Tim Ryan for the Ohio Senate. Another very important race for a little while. It looked like maybe uh, Ryan was going to going to be right in there. Now, just about every poll has J.D. Vance leading. I hope that if you live in Ohio, you will be voting. And in Pennsylvania Senate race, Oz versus Fetterman. We are still trying to figure out what is going on, but it is as close as it has been. There is now an insider advantage poll that has Oz leading, although on average and sadly, these polls predate the debate between Oz and Fetterman. So we don't really know what's going on. The momentum has certainly shifted for Oz. As you can see, Oz is the red line and just climbing, climbing, climbing to where it is now a veritable tie. If you look at the 538 Senate forecast for uh, uh, who is expected to control the Senate, it is now essentially tied. What at one point was, let me take a look, what at one point was 71 percent odds that Democrats would keep control of the Senate, that has dropped 20 points and it is now 5149. This is the lowest point for Democrats controlling the Senate going all the way back to what was it? The late July summer period. This could very quickly become a humiliating disaster for Democrats. I hope every single one of you plans to vote. I certainly do. When you're busy during the day and you need a quick snack, sometimes you're just in the mood for something sweet. That's when I reach for Monk Pack. Our sponsor, Monk Pack, offers gooey granola bars that melt in your mouth, as well as nut and seed bars that are perfectly crunchy, sweet, and salty. But the best part is that each bar is plant based with only one gram of sugar, two to three net carbs, and only about 150 calories. It's great if you're doing keto or low carb, or like me, you just want to minimize your sugar intake. I can't get enough of dark chocolate cocoa. I am just a chocolate guy. It's great. But they come in other flavors, too, like sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt. They just launched peanut butter cocoa chip and dark chocolate cocoa. If you don't love Monk Pack as much as our entire team does, Monk Pack will give you your money back. Go try Monk Pack keto granola bars and nut and seed bars. Go to monkpack.com and use the code Pacman for 20 percent off. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K dot com. Code Pacman saves you 20 percent 
Use the link in the podcast notes. Sarah Palin is running for a House of Representatives seat representing Alaska. She's the former mayor of Wasilla, the former partial term governor of Alaska and former vice presidential running mate back in 2008. You might remember she quit being governor before the end of her term, and she is essentially giving up. And if I didn't think she was such a disaster for the country, I might feel a little bit bad for her, but I don't. Sarah Palin appeared on Steve Bannon's The War Room, and she said there, you know what? I'm no longer accepting donations. I've gotten rid of my campaign stuff staff because they gave me bad advice. Let me interpret this for you. Sarah Palin has given up. She's trying to save money because it would be pointless to keep spending money because she's obviously going to lose. But look at the spin. I didn't know what way was up and down after I heard this the first time. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but sometimes you wonder the people who are actually advising, working on campaigns, you got to wonder if they're really in it for the right reasons, because sometimes they give really crappy advice and Mm. effort. So I'm doing a lot of this myself. I'm not going to ask people for donations, though, which ticks off those in my campaign who um, and other campaigns, you know, because they look at this as a business and they get a cut of funds raised. I don't ask people for money because I've won all the races that I've been in over my life, except one, um, the big one. And uh, I've done it being outspent 10 to one or whatever it is, because. You know, she'll be outspent 10 to zero now. I roll and it's always worked well. Yeah. And you can tell from the look on Steve Bannon's face, it's over for Sarah Palin. What this means is nobody is supporting me anymore. I'm out of money. No one's donating anyway. So I'll say I'm no longer accepting donations. As we talked about last week, Republican Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski is voting for Sarah Palin's Democratic opponent. People don't like that Sarah Palin quit being governor. A lot of Republicans in Alaska don't like Sarah Palin. And this is just the last nail in the coffin. I'm no longer having any staff and I'm no longer accepting donations. You're giving up, Sarah. You're giving up. And my hope is and I don't know if this will be the case. My hope is that this will really be the end of Sarah Palin's political career, a career that never really should have gotten started, but it did. Um, And she is really, in a a sense, a precursor to the Trumpism that exists today. Palin giving up, and it is yet another humiliation. Marjorie Taylor Greene going from one lunatic extremist Republican in Sarah Palin to another lunatic extremist Republican and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene says, listen, it's okay that I believe things that aren't true because lots of my followers believe things that aren't true. These are my words, not hers. My guess is she would put it a little bit differently. But let's listen to what Marjorie Taylor Greene had to say on this. It looks like the it it looks like this program is from the 90s. Night Talk is the name of the show. Check this out. I think uh, the Atlanta paper tells me about 10 days ago, you were still insisting at a Trump rally in Arizona that Trump was won the 2020 election. And it says that you are one of his biggest allies. I am always proud to support President Trump, Judy. I'm so grateful for the way he led our country with his America First policies. Um, I miss him very much uh, being our president, and so do a lot of people. And I do. I say all the time, I really feel like he won the state of Georgia. And I feel 
like he won the state of Georgia. Now, is there a factual basis there? No, but she, guys, she feels it. And I do think he won the 2020 election, but you want to know something? It's okay for me to say that because a lot of people feel the same way. Right. This is actually super important. They justify their investigations and their claims about the 2020 election by saying lots of people feel this way. Lots of people believe this. But the reason that lots of people feel that way and believe it is because people like Marjorie Taylor Greene told them that it's true. Now, I'm not excusing anyone, right? It's not if Marjorie Taylor Greene told me Trump won, I wouldn't believe it unless I had actual evidence that suggested that. But it's a vicious circle. This is like the Marco Rubio Dropbox thing last week, or I think maybe it was the week before at this point. A senator from Florida, Marco Rubio, who's a Republican, he's running against Val Demings. Val Demings is a Democratic congresswoman who now is running for Senate. And one of the best debate performances, by the way, was that by Val Demings. But there was a certain point when the topic of election integrity, as they like to call it, came up where Mark or Marco Rubio said, well, listen, there's two reasons why we should be against these ballot drop boxes. One, someone could bomb the ballot drop box, which hasn't happened. And it was interesting that he was giving people that idea. And he said the second reason is people don't really trust the ballot drop boxes. But at the time we said, well, why don't people trust the ballot drop boxes? Because Marco and others are telling them they aren't trustworthy. So is that really can you really use a belief you created as a reason why something should change in the way you want it to change? This is like a tr when Trump says a lot of people are really angry about what happened in 2020. And so we have to look into it. Well, they're angry because you lied to them and made them angry based on things that aren't true, claims that are completely debunked. And um, if you apply this, I mean, it, imagine that Marjorie Taylor Greene or whoever said, listen, I think Jews will not replace us is a really important thing for us to talk about, because a lot of my constituents feel the same way. They're worried about the Jews replacing us. So I think it's an it's a totally logical thing to talk about. We wouldn't accept that. At least many of us would not. Maybe some of Marjorie Taylor Greene's followers would. So understand that they use the beliefs they created in others to justify their continued pursuit and further lies about these issues. It's an endless circle. Uh, there's this term doxastic closure that is sometimes used to describe this, where there's you can't your universe reinforces the very beliefs you are in. This is often the case with religious beliefs. And I know that some in the audience may not like this analogy. One of the things that often happens with religious beliefs is people say, here's my beliefs, because this is what my sacred texts tell me to believe. And so they are true. And then you say, OK, what evidence do you have that these sacred beliefs are really sacred beliefs given by God? They say, well, the sacred texts themselves say that they are sacred. And then you try to exit the bubble and say, right, but what do we have from outside of that that tells us these are the sacred beliefs given by God? They don't have anything, but it doesn't matter. The very claim within those sacred beliefs is self-perpetuating by virtue of saying these are the sacred beliefs of God and you can't pierce it. But you sometimes you can, but it is very difficult to pierce it. Same type of thing with this voter fraud stuff. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a question from a viewer. 
about something former Fox News host Bill O'Reilly recently said. Hey, David, it's James again. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Bill O'Reilly recently made this prediction that uh, Joe Biden is going to announce uh, that he will resign after yes. the midterms. Um, I I think that at the most he'll announce that he won't run again, but he won't announce that he'll resign uh, just less than two years into his uh, term. Um, my question to you is, do you think Bill O'Reilly actually believes that, or is he lying and sort of pandering to an audience? Because he figures like his audience would, would love to hear that Biden's going to resign. Or, or do you think that there's any truth to that? Um, I certainly don't. Yeah. So listen, what the caller is referring to is that on News Nation, Bill O'Reilly showed up and everything Bill O'Reilly says, he says very confidently. Bill O'Reilly said that sometime after the midterms, Joe Biden is going to announce I'm resigning the presidency and it's because of health reasons. And Bill O'Reilly went on to say Kamala Harris is not going to be a viable candidate for 2024. So it's going to leave Democrats in a difficult position in 2024. Um, listen, I don't have any reason right now to think that Joe Biden is going to resign. The thing about Bill O'Reilly is he'll tell you whatever and he'll say it extraordinarily confidently. His confidence should not be used to evaluate the likelihood of the claim. Is it conceivable that a president would resign? Yes. Sometimes presidents resign. Uncommon, but it can happen. It is a mechanism that exists. All, all else being equal, is it more likely that the older a president is, the more likely it is they might resign for health reasons? I think statistically that's probably true. I think it's more likely an 80 year old president would resign for health reasons than a 70 year old president, than a 60 year old president, than a 50 for you get the point. Do I have any reason to believe that this is part of Biden's plan? Uh, not at all. And it's increasingly looking to me like Joe Biden does want to run for reelection in 2024. Six months ago, I would not have said that, but it increasingly looks that way. And I do agree with the caller that if there's going to be a sort of a wind down to Biden's presidency that will not include four more years, it will be Biden saying, I'm not running for reelection. Is a resignation possible? Of course, it's possible. Um, but I, I don't have any particular reason to think that's the plan. We've got a great bonus show for you today. We were, we will talk more about Elon Musk, we, Elon Musk, uh, wasting no time after buying Twitter in instituting some changes, not all of them particularly exciting. Uh, secondly, men exonerated in the killing of Malcolm X are set to receive $36 million. It's an incredible case, which we will talk about. And we are going to talk about ballot measures up next Tuesday. It's, it's election day next Tuesday. Can you believe it? Measures that could change how Americans vote, how Americans gamble and how Americans vote. Many uh, how Americans smoke. Rather, many changes potentially coming on uh, smoking, gambling and voting to multiple states. We will talk about those ballot initiatives and much more on today's bonus show when I am joined by producer Pat. Remember to get instant access to the bonus show. You go to joinpacman.com and you sign up. There's a big red sign up button. It's easy. It's quick. I believe the normal prices for membership are so reasonable, but I understand sometimes a discount is appealing. You can use the coupon code big voting 22 to get yourself that discount. And remember, if you watch us on YouTube and you're not subscribed, Help us get to two million subscribers. It's free. Hit that subscribe button. 
I will see you on the bonus show or otherwise we will be back tomorrow with our one week out from the midterms program.